0: In case you're wondering, last week it was an accident, but this week, on purpose. Guys, welcome to part three of Dumbledore's big plan, The Prisoner of Azkaban. If you haven't seen parts one or two yet, I recommend you go check those out, but otherwise, welcome back. As a quick refresher, Dumbledore's big plan is the idea that since Dumbledore is the only one who knows the prophecy, that he is actually taking a much larger role behind the scenes in Harry's life. So many of the things that seem random or out of place, like meeting the Weasleys or being taught by a buffoon for an Entire year are actually very carefully planned decisions by Dumbledore. So let's dive in. In Prisoner, Dumbledore once again finds himself in a much more reactionary role. Whatever his original plans for Harry were that year now have to be adjusted based on the escape of Sirius Black. However, unlike in Chamber, Sirius escapes well before the beginning of the school year. So we can assume that most of the decisions Dumbledore makes are taking into account the fact that Sirius is at large and might be trying to kill Harry. And that Harry might find out what Sirius did to his parents, or at least what Dumbledore thinks Sirius did to his parents. And with that in mind, I think it might be a good idea to review what Dumbledore knows and doesn't know and what he believes at the beginning of the book because it affects the actions he takes. Firstly, much like the rest of the Wizarding World, Dumbledore definitely believes Sirius is guilty. He also believes that he was the Potter secret keeper, that he did turn them into Voldemort, and did kill Peter Pettigrew and 12 other muggles. He also has no idea that James, Sirius, or Peter were Animagus. He tells Harry, last night Sirius told me all about how they became Animagi, said Dumbledore, smiling. An extraordinary achievement, not least keeping it quiet for me. He was aware, though, that Lupin was a werewolf, and I do think that does come to play, but we'll talk about that later. For now, let's do this. Hey, brother! Guys, in case you missed our announcement on the live stream last Friday, we have just released some brand new shiny animal shirts over at supercarlinbrothers.store. We've got your golden lion, your silver snake, your black badger, and you've waited for it. You asked for it. The bronze eagle. Hashtag Raven removed. Maybe there's too many hashtags. (laughs) We are so excited about these shirts. And as a bonus for every shirt purchase, we are donating 12 meals to Feeding America. So be sure to go check them out at supercarlinbrothers.store. Link is in the description down below. All right, without any further ado, let's talk about Dumbledore's big plan for the prisoner of Azkaban and the goals he has outlined for Harry. First and foremost is to protect Harry and just keep him safe from Sirius. Second is to observe Harry's greatest feat and to teach him how to defeat Dementors. Which, spoilers, this ends up working out really well for him because his greatest fear ends up being Dementors. And lastly, is the value of someone's soul and their innocence. Okay, so let's start with keeping Harry safe. Remember, Dumbledore is the only one who is aware of the prophecy and knows that Harry is the one who has to kill Voldemort. So Sirius coming in and killing him ahead of time is very bad for the fate of the wizarding world. Uh, But Jay, I hear you saying, doesn't the prophecy also say that only Voldemort can kill Harry? That either must die at the hand of the other for neither can live the other survives? Yes, it does say that, and this is a little bit tricky, but stick with me. This does not mean that Harry is simply invincible to all non Voldemort related deaths. That he is somehow indestructible, except at the hands of Voldemort, who, ironically, he actually. Is indestructible again since Voldemort took his blood in Goblet of Fire. Astonishing what a few drops of your blood will do. Eh? But Voldemort isn't even aware of the second half of the prophecy where it says neither can live while the other survives. He is just determined to kill Harry because the first sentence is the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches. But because he acts on those words, he does mark Harry as the only person who can't defeat him. And in a weird twist of fate, his own determination to be the one to kill Harry often saves Harry from otherwise certain death. Like when the Death Eaters have him surrounded at the Ministry of Magic, or when Nagini is squeezing the life out of him at Godric's Hollow, or Bellatrix and the Malfoys have him cornered at Malfoy Manor. I mean, the list goes on, but Harry escapes a lot of times because Voldemort won't let anyone else kill him. Do nothing! He's mine to The point is, Voldemort believes in the prophecy, and so no matter what, he is going to try and kill Harry. So, no matter what, Harry has to be prepared for it, which he can't do if he's dead because he can still die, which is why Dumbledore sees Sirius as such a big problem. From Dumbledore's point of view, Sirius was one of the most talented wizards to come through Hogwarts. He was a huge supporter of Voldemort who gave up his best friends, James and Lily. He is the only person to break out of Azkaban and is a reckless killer of innocent people. So step one for Dumbledore to protect Harry is to take full advantage of the protection offered at number four, Privet Drive. Plain and simple, when Harry is here, he is basically untouchable until the age of 17. But take notice, Prisoner is unique in that it is the only book, except Philosopher's Stone, where Harry is not invited to the Weasleys during the summer. We've talked before about how Molly and Arthur are Dumbledore's deputies, and I think this lack of an invitation is at his request. In fact, I dare say it's possible he suggested they take the trip to Egypt so they would have a reasonable excuse to not invite Harry over. Which would honestly make me feel a little bit better because I don't know about you, but it has always bothered me that the very poor Weasleys win this big lottery draw at the ministry and then immediately squander it on this trip to Egypt. Like, what? Especially when you realize that in Chamber, the reason Ron and Ginny and Fred and George and Percy all stay at Hogwarts is because Arthur and Molly are visiting Bill in Egypt, like they were just there. And in fact, it says that the siblings elected to not go with them, meaning they could have gone with them. So I'm just calling total malarkey on them, needing the money to be able to go visit them with the whole family. But Dumbledore's plan to keep Harry safe and away from Sirius Black flies right out the window when Harry accidentally inflates his aunt who flies right out the window and then Harry flees and runs directly into Sirius Black. Fortunately for Dumbledore though, Harry accidentally summons the night bus, which immediately delivers him into ministry protection. Or perhaps not so fortunately. I mean, can you imagine if Harry had just not tripped right there and Sirius had revealed himself to him? Harry, don't be afraid. It is I, Sirius Black, your godfather I was framed for murder, but the man who did it is alive and he's posing as a rat with a family called the Weasleys. Oh, you know them? Your best friend? (laughs) That is convenient. Ugh, seriously, Harry, you fell over for? You could have ended this book like 300 pages earlier and stopped Voldemort from coming back. For that matter, if Sirius hadn't seen Peter's picture in the newspaper, he never would have escaped for Azkaban and Peter never would have returned to Voldemort. So like whose idea was it to go to Egypt anyway? (laughs) Oh. Anyway, Harry gets delivered to Diagon Alley where it seems like the public nature of the area plus the ministry itself is offering him protection. Not that Dumbledore doesn't have eyes on the ground, as always. Let me ask you this. Did you ever think it was odd that Florian Fortescue kept giving Harry so many free Sundays during his lengthy stay at the Leaky Cauldron? Because that is not how you run a successful ice cream business. It might seem weird except that it is a great way to keep an eye on Harry because guess whose ancestor happened to be a headmaster at Hogwarts, hmm? One Florian Fortescue. Meaning his ancestor, Dexter Fortescue, has a portrait in the headmaster's office. And I would just bet money that he has another one in the ice cream shop and that Dumbledore was just getting reports. A trick we know he uses later on with Phineas Nigellus. Side note, does anyone else think it's odd that there were no Dementors in Diagon Alley that summer? Like, Sirius had escaped. They know he's looking for Harry. They know Harry's in Diagon Alley. Where are the Dementors? In any case, though, the Weasleys do eventually arrive in Diagon Alley to escort Harry to the platform where Mr. Weasley pulls Harry aside to deliver Dumbledore's next bit of instruction. He tells him specifically to not go looking for Black. He tells him this even though Fudge specifically told him not to. Harry says, No, honestly, it's okay. This way, you haven't broken your word to Fudge and I know what's going on. Fudge might have told him not to tell Harry anything, but I think Dumbledore did. And if you're Wondering why, if they both work for Dumbledore, Molly and Arthur were arguing about this the night before. Well, it won't be the last time that Molly disagrees with Dumbledore about what's best for Harry to know. Then, of course, once Harry gets to school, Dumbledore tries to protect Harry by preventing him from going into Hogsmeade. No permission form signed, no visiting the village. Because if you ask me, the permission forms are kind of just a formality, and if Black wasn't out there, I think he would just let Harry enter Hogsmeade no problem. I mean, in the past two years, he's defeated a basilisk and Voldemort, but hey, walking around a town, whoa, can't do it without a permission form. Ah, but what about the Marauder's map, you might be wondering? Is it possible that Dumbledore intended the twins to give it to him? Well, we did consider this, but ultimately, no. I mean, for one, if Dumbledore had the map, he could just use it to track Sirius. And two, next year, when Barty Crouch Jr. mentions the map to Dumbledore, he has no idea what he's talking about. The map that had almost ruined everything. Map, said Dumbledore quickly. What map is this? Pacha's map. Hogwarts. Potter saw me on it. Point is, even though most of Dumbledore's attempts to protect Harry are failing, he is trying. Which brings us to his second goal of learning Harry's greatest fear, teaching him how to fight Dementors, and the hiring of Remus John Lupin. There are a myriad of reasons I think Lupin was the perfect hire for Harry this year, but let's start with learning his greatest fear. Learning what Harry sees when he comes face to face with a bogart is sort of the opposite of finding out what Harry saw in the Mirror of Erised in Philosopher's Stone. But both pieces of information really reveal a lot about Harry's character to Dumbledore. That suggests that what you fear the most is fear itself. This is very wise. Although I will say, I'm not sure Lupin was in on that part of the plan because he eventually stops Harry from seeing the Boggart. Unless that was also part of his plan so he could have a more isolated encounter with Harry later, which is exactly what happens the first time everyone else gets to go to Hogsmeade and Harry can't, which is something else Dumbledore made happen. But the big giveaway that Dumbledore is actually the one behind the Boggart lesson comes from Crimes of Grindelwald, where you can see Dumbledore teaching the exact same lesson and come on, the Bogart was found in a wardrobe in the staff room, like how random. The really great news for Dumbledore though is that Harry's Boggart is a Dementor, which ties in really well with his goal of teaching Harry how to fight Dementors. Now, I don't know about you, but I've always thought the argument Harry uses to convince Lupin to teach him this skill is like, paper thin at best. But if they come to another Quidditch match, I need to be able to fight them. Yeah, Harry, because it is your responsibility as one of the students playing the game to defend yourself from attacking dark creatures. Don't worry about the staff handling that. I mean, to be fair, Harry is attacked in like, every single year of Quidditch. No one ever seems to do anything about it or look into it at all. Either way, Harry's argument is, we might lose Quidditch matches, not I might die. And Lupin, who was already hesitant to teach him, is like, oh, that's true. We can't have you losing Quidditch matches. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. This has Dumbledore just written, all over it. Now, Dumbledore wanting Harry to know how to fight Dementors might seem really specific, but it's not. I mean, for one, Dementors are really dangerous. And Dumbledore is certain that if and when Voldemort returns, the Dementors will join him Immediately, in fact, he even tells Fudge after Voldemort does return. The first and most essential step is to remove Azkaban from the control of the Dementors. He states, "The rest of us sleep less soundly in our beds, Cornelius, knowing that you have put Lord Voldemort's most dangerous supporters in the care of creatures who will join him the instant he asks them." I mean, it is literally his very first suggestion for how to fight Voldemort: is to not trust the Dementors. And since he believes one Death Eater. Has already broken out, he probably feels like the return is coming pretty quickly, which it is. But it is essential that they do not get to Harry because Harry losing his soul, pretty much means Voldemort wins. And it actually wouldn't even interfere with the prophecy because they wouldn't actually be killing him. They'd just be taking his soul. And Lupin is not just the man who knows all about Patronuses, but he's also a great candidate for teaching Harry the value of someone's soul. Remember, as of Chamber of Secrets, Dumbledore would have been suspecting that multiple horcruxes were in play and realized that Voldemort had made a grave error in ripping his soul into so many pieces but that advantage could disappear if Harry doesn't learn the value of having a whole, complete soul. In Chamber, Dumbledore hired Lockhart to show Harry how someone who has all the things most people think they want can be a total buffoon. But in Prisoner, it's the exact opposite. It's to show Harry how someone who is considered vicious and an outcast by the entire wizarding community can have a truly pure heart. Lupin, who is poor and unwanted in most wizarding spaces and who believes that Sirius is actually guilty, is the one to tell Harry about the Dementor's Kiss and how it's the fate that awaits Sirius Black. He deserves it, said Harry suddenly. You think so? Said Lupin lightly. Do you really think anyone deserves that? Yes, said Harry defiantly, for for some things. And yet, by the end of the book, Harry has done a complete 180. By the end, he is unwilling to let Sirius and Lupin murder Peter, even though at that point, he has fully accepted that Peter is the one who actually turned his parents over to Voldemort and that he's been hiding as a rat and living in Harry's dormitory for the past three years. I mean, think about that. Earlier in the book, Harry was very quick to offer up Sirius to the Dementors, but by the end, he is not willing to let Someone whose crimes are even worse suffer a fate that is not as bad. And not even just because he doesn't think Peter deserves it, but also because he doesn't want Lupin and Sirius to become murderers. Maintaining their souls and their innocence is just as important to him. And Dumbledore's method of teaching Harry this lesson throughout the year is once again through Hagrid. Of course, Harry had a crash course in protecting someone's innocence last year when he cleared Hagrid. Hagrid's name from the Chamber of Secrets. But this year, Dumbledore has Hagrid inform the Golden Trio every step of the way about Buckbeak's trial. A trial that certainly Dumbledore could have cleared up in like 15 minutes after breakfast one day if he'd really wanted to. I mean, people are injured at this school all the time time. And Malfoy is injured by a beast that comes up during OWL, so it's the kind of creature that lots of adult wizards already have a lot of information about. Plus, Hagrid has a whole class worth of witnesses who heard him tell Draco not to insult the Hippogriff, which then they all also heard him do. Also, also, actually, actually, Draco is not even hurt. Like, it is such a dumb case. But it is a clear situation where an innocent party is going to be punished Punished by murder, which then happens to be a great lesson for Harry to learn the value of innocence. Later, when Harry is feeling like he failed because he let Pettigrew go, Dumbledore tells him, didn't make any difference, said Dumbledore quietly. "It made all the difference in the world, Harry. You helped uncover the truth. You saved an innocent man from a terrible fate. So the real lesson is this, saving innocent lives is more important than punishing guilty ones even if that means the return of Voldemort. An idea that really rings true when you fast forward to Harry walking to the forest to die for his innocent friends, knowing he has not yet completely defeated his enemy. But there you go, guys. That is part three of Dumbledore's big plan. Make sure you tune in next week for part four as we dive into the Goblet of Fire. And in the meantime, if there's anything you think we missed or you have other cool examples of where you think Dumbledore is pulling the strings behind the scenes in Harry's life, let us know in the towel section down below. And don't forget just another reminder that we have a brand new shiny animal shirts available over at supercarlinbrothers.store. For every shirt purchase, we are donating 12 meals to Feeding America. I love these shirts so much. I hope you go check them out. Again, link in the description down below, supercarlinbrothers.store. Guys, thanks so much for watching today's video. Please remember to leave a like on it if you haven't already. and subscribe so you don't miss any future Harry Potter action from us. If you want to see part four of Dumbledore's Big Plan, I recommend you check out this video right here, unless this is the first week, in which case it's not on the channel yet. But after that, right here. Thanks for watching. Ben, I'll see you in another life, brother.